Hello and welcome to You Might Also Like, a podcast where you will receive the movie suggestions you didn't know you needed. I'm your host as always, Luke Spaulding. And Happy New Year! I said in my last episode I would see you guys next year, and here we are on the first day of 2021, and I'm starting it out with a bang, with some great movies, one of which I saw for the first time, the other one I just watched for the second time and realized how much I really love this movie off the second time watching it. This week I talk about if you liked this cult classic dark comedy from the 90s where two women obsessed with outer beauty find a magical potion that they can take to keep themselves young forever, then you might also like this drama romance movie with Blake Lively where she is in a car accident that keeps her from aging ever again, and she is a 107-year-old in a 29-year-old's body by current day in the movie. That's right, we have got Death Becomes Her and Age of Adeline, but let's talk about Death Becomes Her first. Death Becomes Her, from 1992, directed by Robert Zemeckis, uh, two years before he directed the classic Forrest Gump, he just was directing this fantastic cult classic with Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. And we have got Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce Willis. Basically, the general plot of this movie is when a woman learns of an immortality treatment, she sees it as a way to outdo her longtime rival. And in this movie, the woman who learns about the immortality treatment is Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep in this movie plays... Madeline Menville, Madeline Ashton Menville, who is just this actress who the movie starts with Goldie Hawn, who they're kind of longtime frenemies. And Goldie Hawn, with her fiance, comes to visit her backstage at one of her shows. And basically, she like jokes in the beginning of the movie, like, you better not fall in love with Madeline. Everyone falls in love with Madeline. And then he's like, I won't, baby. I love you. And then it cuts to Meryl Streep and Bruce Willis's wedding. (laughs) So obviously from there, Goldie Hawn is super spiteful. She ends up, we see her later. She's in a psych ward. She's gained a ton of weight. All of a sudden we've got Goldie Hawn in a fat suit, watching a ton of TV, watching this dramatic scene from like a from like a soap opera or something that Meryl's that Madeline stars in in the movie where she keeps getting killed and Goldie Hawn keeps watching it over and over because she's dreaming about the day she gets to kill Madeline Menville she gets put into a psych ward but then years later after all of this these crazy the first 10 minutes of the movie all these events transpire and then like seven years later all of a sudden we have got Goldie Hawn throws this huge party, this book launch event, and invites Meryl Streep, and Goldie Hawn is looking better than ever, and little do we know at the time, but it's because she took this secret magical potion that keeps you young forever. Meryl Streep is miserable at this point. She all of a sudden sees her rival is looking all fantastic. She's in a terrible marriage with Bruce Willis, so she decides to take matters into her own hand and goes to the beautiful mansion of... Isabella Rossellini, and decides she's going to take this magical potion that keeps her young forever. And, like, as if this movie isn't ridiculous enough with its, like, satirical play on two women being so obsessed with 
outer beauty and wanting to literally do stay beautiful and young by any means possible. They care about their appearance so much that they're literally willing to pay probably thousands and thousands of dollars to Isabella Rossellini for this unknown potion that just makes, you know, their skin tight and clear and beautiful and their boobs get a little like jacked up and their butt gets jacked up. But when this, if that part of the movie wasn't as wild enough as it could be already, it gets even crazier when you think that the movie's just going to be about these two women taking this potion, but one night, Meryl Streep and Bruce Willis are in a very heated argument. Bruce Willis has just been, he is such a schmuck in this movie. It's so fun to see Bruce Willis in this role because we're used to him as such like a big action movie star, you know, in Die Hard and Armageddon and all these other action movies he's been in. But then in this movie, he's just this like, he's just this like soft nerd who lets Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn just, like, boss him around. And it's kind of precious to watch, honestly. And it, honestly, I loved seeing him in this role because it shows that he's not just, like, an action guy. He's not just diehard. He can have these really funny roles, too, that he can play. But he, one night, gets superheated with Meryl Streep in an argument and pushes her down the stairs. They're a comically long flight of stairs that Meryl Streep falls down. And... She dies, so we think, but then comes back to life. And Goldie Hawn comes over to just kind of see what happened. And she ends up, Meryl Streep ends up shooting her with a shotgun. And then she comes back to life too, of course. Because why? Both of the women took the secret potion. And not only does the secret potion keep you young forever, but it also makes it so that you can't die. So now not only are they immortal but they're just immortal yet decomposing because they're basically the walking dead this movie is just so incredibly campy with all the like body morphing and the special effects this movie actually won an oscar for best visual effects i believe yeah it won an oscar for best visual effects it was also nominated for a golden globe for meryl streep as in a best actress in a leading role in a comedy it's just so campy. It's so wonderful. It's when Meryl Streep falls down the stairs for the first time. Yes, the first time she falls down the stairs that are comically long multiple times in this movie. The first time she does, she breaks her neck and it like when she stands up, her neck is just I think no, her neck is turned a full 180 degrees so that when she like looks down, she's looking at her butt <laughs> and when Mer or when Goldie Hawn gets shot with a shotgun she flies like half of a football field back. I've always kind of wondered because that happens in movies a lot. I'm like, is that just a way to make it super dramatic? Or if somebody was shot with a shotgun, would they truly like is a shotgun that powerful that you would fly that far back? I've always I'm sorry, that sounds really dark for me to say. I've always wondered that, but it just seems really dramatic to me. But Goldie Hawn, when she comes back from the dead, has like a gigantic hole in her stomach from the shotgun that's just there for half the movie and then once these women come back from the dead they just now their life purpose is to just because i forgot to mention that bruce willis is used to be this famous plastic surgeon and through his years with meryl streep and his her kind of just stripping away his manhood he became a sad like basically a mortician for like famous people i guess 
So he still makes a lot of money, but he just works with dead people, like putting makeup on them and dressing them up to make them look nice. So these women are just like, well, Bruce Willis can just spend his life making us look great. I mean, because their skin's flaking off all the time. They've got holes in their stomachs. Their neck is turning around 180 degrees. Their skin is super pasty and white because they're dead. So who can fix it but a guy who works with the dead all the time? But what is the one problem? <laughs> this movie is just so wild. That he is going to die at one point and they're not. So they want him to take the magic potion so that he can live forever and just always work for them. It's just so funny that these women are so obsessed with beauty and vanity that even in the afterlife they're worried about their appearance. They're worried about skin peeling off and their complexion and a shotgun hole in the stomach like I said and Bruce Willis wants out he doesn't want to have to deal with it the concept of just taking a potion and never grow old then dying and being like a gorgeous zombie is based is so wonderfully campy it's so great they all seem to just have so much fun with this with these roles that they're given this movie's just such a big satire on ew like when you're old you're gross and you're ugly but like Staying young keeps you beautiful because that's all these women care about. They just want to be gorgeous. And then at the end, when it's like so many years later and Bruce Willis has long gone because Bruce Willis is the only one that has senses in these movies. And when Isabella Rossellini is trying to get him to take the potion, he's like, and they're all like a walking a vino or some sort of lotion ad that Jennifer Aniston would do. They're like a walking ad for that. Like, why wouldn't you want to take this, you know, Isabella and her accent? Why wouldn't you want to be this beautiful? I don't That's terrible, Isabella Rossellini accent. And he's like, I don't want to live forever. Like, what happens when everybody dies and it's just me left? That's so lonely. He's the only one that has sense. Like when Bruce Willis talks about it, you're I actually thought, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Why would he want to be immortal? But at the end, once he has long gone and the, the women are still alive, <laughs> there's just the best scene of the, Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep at the end of this movie decomposing, their skins flaking off. They're talking about how one time one of them lost a finger. Goldie Hawn is like, I got to get to a hardware store so I can get some Bondo and spray paint. <laughs> like, And then they end up falling down a comically long flight of stairs again and they just shatter like into a million pieces there's also this really great scene where bruce willis doesn't really know what's going on with meryl when she first is undead and he brings her to the er and the er is like she doesn't have a pulse like this chick is dead and he's like where's my wife and they're like sir your wife died she's in the morgue and he's like the morgue she'll be furious but everybody should watch this movie just for the scene of meryl streep yelling flaccid flaccid watch what you flaccid. say Mel. i don't have to take this anymore i don't have to take this any longer who doesn't want to watch a dark campy satirical play on beauty where with meryl streep and goldie hawn i mean but if you like death becomes her you might also like according to google the Witches of Eastwick, the 19 late 80s movie with Cher and Susan Sarandon and Michelle Pfeiffer. You might also like First Wives Club. 
one of my favorite movies ever that I talked about in one of the first few episodes of this podcast. Great movie that you definitely will also like. You might also like She-Devil with Meryl Streep and Roseanne Barr. You might also like Private Benjamin with Goldie Hawn. You might also like Practical Magic, another great, you know, super campy movie with great actresses from the 90s. But what I'm going to tell you that you might also like instead is Age of Adeline. The Age of Adeline from 2015, directed by Lee Tolan Krieger. This movie is starring Blake Lively in the lead role. It's got a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.2 on IMDb. 54% on on Rotten Tomatoes is not surprising. This definitely isn't a movie that critics are, like, jumping the gun to suggest to everybody. This is, like, the opposite of what they think is a good movie, but... Blake Lively in this movie plays Adeline Bowman, who, when we meet her in the beginning of the movie, she is currently Jenny because of her eternal life that she has. She is constantly changing her name and her appearance and where she lives because basically Adeline, who was born in like the 20s, I think, by the time we meet her, she's over 100 years old, but she's in a 29-year-old's body because she was in an accident where she drove off a bridge or something, a storm, and went underwater. And right as her heart stopped, lightning struck the water. It's funny because whenever they're talking about, like, the scientific reason behind what hap- why what happened to Blake Lively happened, there's always this narrator with a really nice deep voice that comes in to make it sound all smart and actual, like, thought. And scientific reasons behind the fact that she lives forever. When in reality, you're like, this couldn't happen. This couldn't happen. But with a smart, deep narrator voice like his, you're like, well, maybe this could happen. Because he's like, her heart stopped at 11.59 p.m. But then at 12.02 a.m., lightning struck the water and refrigerated her heart, causing her DNA to mutate and shock her heart back alive and stop the aging I don't even know it just is so ridiculous but she lives and doesn't age like the the narrator guy is like something almost magical happens she'll be immune to the ravages of time blah 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 isn't Blake Lively already immune to the ravages of time I mean if there is anybody better they could have gotten to play this role please let me know I read that Katherine Heigl almost played the role. Like, she uh, she had already said she was going to. I don't think anybody else could have played this other than Blake Lively. She's... I mean, I'm convinced still that she is truly hasn't aged and will not age. Also, I believe that same thing about Jennifer Aniston. I just think they're both vampires. I think Blake Lively actually was born in 1908. I think that's very possible. Unlike Death Becomes Her, in this movie, in Age of Adeline, we see the effects can be pretty negative with an eternal life, and it gets extremely complicated. It's not as simple as just being young and beautiful for eternity. Adeline has to move around all the time because people get suspicious. Really, the only constant Blake Lively has in her life is her daughter, who in this movie is played by Ellen Burstyn, who... The thought of Blake Lively being Ellen Burson's mom is amazing. Ellen Burson is really like 50 years older than Blake Lively in real life, probably. But she's really the only one that knows about this because 
nobody else can know about this because she'll just be treated like, you know, a science experiment. She'll just be poked and prodded and she'll be a marvel. So that's why she moves around every 10 years. She changes her name. She moves to a new state. Her daughter is the only one that knows of her whereabouts. Usually she makes new friends. She has one friend that we meet in the movie who I think she's probably been friends with for more than 10 years, but she's blind. So that's the only reason that that friendship works out. But then Blake ends up meeting a guy. She meets Michael Huisman. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right because he's Dutch, so I could probably butchering it. They meet at a New Year's Eve party and he's super charming and super hunky and handsome. And Blake is like, ooh la la, like, who's that boy? It's funny, too, how people on the outside don't pick up on the fact that there's something weird going on with her because she's says weird things. Like, there's one scene where she's talking about having a kiss on New Year's or something. And she's like, oh, I, I think I heard that from a young Bing Crosby type. <laughs> like, oh, no, I, I haven't met Bing Crosby. What? What are you talking about? I'm not 109 years old in a 29-year-old's body. Oop. She's just so elegant and, like, the things she wears, the things she says. She knows Portuguese. She can read in Braille. She... They, she, there's one scene where she plays Trivial Pursuit with her new boyfriend, Ellis's family, and she knows the answer to, like, every single question because she literally lived all of these events. And I'm like, how do you people not see this? Which that gets me to the fact that the big twist in this movie, if you don't want this movie to be spoiled, then you can skip the rest of this podcast episode. The guy that she's dating... His dad in this movie is played by Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford ends up being Blake Lively's love interest from years before. And how awkward is that? That's something that you probably have to deal with too with this eternal life that they don't really touch on with Blake Lively and Goldie Hawn and Death Becomes Her. What happens if you start dating a guy and then you meet his family and you're like, I already dated his dad 30 years ago. That's awkward. Because that's exactly what happens to Blake here. And obviously, right when Harrison Ford sees her, he's like, Adeline. And she's like, no, I'm Jenny. (laughs) That's Adeline's my mom, though. And he's just awestruck. And I feel bad for Harrison Ford's wife in this movie is played by Kathy Baker the whole time. Harrison Ford is just like cartoon eyes bugging out of his head every time he sees Blake Lively. And she's like, um... I'm right here. It's literally our like 50th anniversary weekend and you can't stop staring at this other chick who's like 30 years younger than you. This is another movie where Blake Lively doesn't like her photo being taken. But this time it's not because she's hiding from her secret twin sister, but it's because she's 107 years old and not 29. And that other movie I'm talking about is Simple Favor. This is also the second movie that... Ellen Burstyn plays a character who grows older while her mother stays physically younger. That was the most, by far the most interesting IMDb trivia fact I read. That movie that I'm talking about is in Interstellar, apparently. I saw that movie, but I just think it confused me so much that my brain just completely erased it from my memory. Like I said, though, Death Becomes Her is a satirical play on being young forever. Goldie and Merrill have superficial views on beauty. Age of Adeline shows the struggles of never growing old. 
Bruce Willis kind of touches on it too. Like I talked about when Bruce Willis is being almost forced to take the potion, everybody wants him to take it so badly and he's he doesn't want to take it. He is like, why would I want to be alive forever and young forever? Everybody around me is going to die. I'm going to be alone. It sounds terrible. I don't want to be young forever. I just want to live a normal life and die at a normal age like everybody else in the world. And everyone else can't really understand why he feels that way because it's a dark comedy. So, of course, they're all like, we want to be young forever. Why would you not want to? Well, and then in Age of Adeline, we kind of see this is exactly why you wouldn't want that. We should have showed Age of Adeline to Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep, and then maybe they wouldn't have taken the potion. Because then they could have seen how this, how hard it really is to have this eternal life and how suspicious it makes everyone around you and how lonely it can get. Blake Lively literally has the same dog breed that she, I think, names the same name. And just every time the dog dies, every probably 10 years on average, she just gets the exact same dog. I could have done without the dog dying in this movie, honestly, but... I get that sometimes dogs are going to die in movies. Ugh, I don't like to think about it. She has to watch her daughter grow old, and she's going to have to watch her daughter die one day. Ellen Burson's going to die. She's literally her mother, and she's the one that is having to think about things like moving her daughter closer to her so she can take care of her in her old age. That's not something that a mother is supposed to do for their kid. She has to deal with the stress of finding a guy who makes fake IDs and changing her name. Can you imagine how stressful it is to just think of what you want to change your name to? I mean, it probably after a while, you're running out of ideas. She gave up one of the real loves of her life back in the day, which was Harrison Ford. He was probably going to marry her. He was had a ring and everything, and she decided to just leave all that life behind because she couldn't, she didn't want to tell the truth to him. In the end of the movie, Blake ends up finding her truth and just accepting it and telling Ellis everything about her life, which is super probably refreshing and takes a huge weight off her shoulder. She doesn't have to live a lie as much. Her Not only does her daughter know, but now her new boyfriend knows. Blake Lively, honestly, is just incredible in every role. She's so charming. She's always brings so much nuance and sophistication to all of her characters. She's almost always so sophisticated and beautiful and poised that it's intimidating to watch on screen. But I love her so much. With that being said, you guys, go and watch both of these movies. Death Becomes Her is on Hulu, I believe, and HBO Max. Age of Adeline is also on Amazon Prime. You can rate and review me on Apple Podcasts. Find me on social media. You might also like Pod. Until next week, goodbye.